Welcome to Make Believe Heroes, a really brutal podcast where we cut heads off of people and threaten their lives. Wow. Why? Also intense. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm your host and Dungeon Master. My name is Paul, and I'm joined today by four friends of mine. Hey, guys, this is Jeremy, and I play Saul. I'm Zach, and I play Phil. I'm Caleb, and I play Bill. I'm Abby, and I play Jill. And that's all of you. So, uh, before we do anything else, I'm going to begin with the commemorative roll of the giant blue d20. Huh. 11. So, last time we played, our adventurers had a couple of uh, prisoners taken. These brigands who tried to rough them up there in the watering hole. Uh, They intimidated them to get some information and then took them back with them along with Berman to Berman's home just a few blocks up the street. There inside Berman's home they finally got some vital information about what was going on with these missing horses and these strange creatures. Turns out they were coming through the gate of the Waldegrave Manor into the ranch so there is some sort of connection there but why would the Waldegraves hire them to investigate the Waldegraves? Hmm. Hmm. And so our adventurers began to make some deductions. They were going to head toward the Walgrave Manor, but one of their prisoners broke free, running out. And while two of them, Bill and Saul, gave chase to the escaping prisoner, Phil stepped forward and with precision chopped the head off of the other one in a blood rage. Yeah. Woo! That happened. Berman thanked them for all they did and then asked them so kindly to please get out of his house. So they left. (laughs) Uh, Bill and Saul chased the other one down and uh, Bill skewered him to the floor with his trident, but he healed him, so it's okay. Knocked him out. Uh, They jumped on their horses, which they forgot but then remembered. They headed back across town toward the Walgrave Manor. Arriving, though, the butler of the home approached them and told them that, unfortunately, at this time, the lady of the house, one Marlene Waldegrave, was not taking visitors. And so he uh, he told them he'd take a message, and Saul gave a message which is basically, uh, forget you guys, you're dishonest, we're going to go about our own business, leave us alone. And then they made their way back toward the temples, trying to go to the Temple of Palor to hopefully find somewhere to rest, a safe place to stay for the night. And that is where we ended. As the four of you go inside the uh, private quarters of the clerics of the Temple of Pelor, along with one of the clerics named Joanna, who introduced herself and is helping you out. You walk through these halls. There are a few doors to the right and to the left. It's a very nice, well-kept, very clean and uh, greatly presented place, which is what you're used to seeing, Bill. And probably yes. Jill and, and Phil as well have almost certainly been in the Temple of Pelor. And you, you're used to that sort of very clean, very pristine presentation of a place that represents the god Pelor. And you go around a corner and you go into a small room. It's, it's not a large office or anything like that. It's just a very small office with a small desk, two chairs on one side, one on the other. And Joanna goes around and has a seat. She says, please, um, make yourselves comfortable. Thank you. I begin to sit down. Thank you, dear lady. So we, uh, we're alone now, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, if you'd like, you can close the door behind you. Saul does. Uh, if there's a latch, he latches it. Okay. My lady. Okay. We are on a quest for Paylor. We left from Branshire not long ago on our way to Fallen Grove. Oh, I see. An official quest. We, uh, perhaps have got mixed up in some trouble here. The Waldegraves, in particular. Uh. Something strange is going on with their manor, and we don't want to travel outside until sun comes up. Uh, So, if it is not too much trouble, and he's looking at Jill, making sure he's being very nice. If it's not too much trouble, we would like to lodge here just for the evening, and we'll be gone first light. Oh, well, we don't typically take on people to spend the night in the temples. We, we don't really have that much in the way of housing. 
But as you are a paladin from the Temple of Palor and Branshire, and I can see that you also, Sir Tiefling, have some sort of connection to Palor, as I can see by the rapier that you've shown me. Do you mind if I see that for a moment? I He draws it and uh, shows her okay. the pommel. He doesn't let go of it. She just kind of reaches forward to place her hands on the bottom of it and she doesn't try to take it from you. You know, she just wants to feel it. Yep. She does. She closes her eyes for a moment and you can see that uh, golden symbol sort of glow just a little bit, which is something that you're accustomed to. But typically when that happens, there's a different reaction to the sword. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing like that happens. She says, yes, I sense a great connection between you and our God. What sort of mission is it that you're on exactly, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, <laughs> it's a little confusing, but we're to go to Fallen Grove, and he's looking at Jill, and he's looking back, and he goes, I'm really not accustomed to sharing my business with... I understand. Please, I, I'm not trying to pry. I understand if it is a a mission of, of secrecy, there is a need for such things from time to time. Yes, I believe we can offer you a place, a safe place to stay here in our private quarters. We don't have really beds to give you. Um, we have some beds of our own, but nothing really to accommodate the four of you. But we can, uh, we can offer you a room. Do you have any sort of bed rolls. I'm certain that we have some blankets and things of that nature that we could lend you for the night. I'm sure we have our traveling tech. These three are more than comfortable to, you know, pile up in a, you know, the base of a tree. They'll be fine. Yes, ma'am. And do you have steeds? Did you uh, did you ride horses? Yes, they're out front. I can have some of our people go and place them in the stables around behind the temples if that pleases you. Thank you. That would be phenomenal. Uh, so I see that the two of you are, are very uh, connected and within the faith of Paylor, but what of you, Sir Dwarf? Sir, Sir Halfling, ma'am. Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Just, uh, um, yeah. It's, it's better that way. I... <laughs> it's he, he's a dwarf. He just doesn't... I give a confused look to Jill. Like, what do what they... No, I'm not a dwarf. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I gotta Stop. just fold Stop. my arms and turn around. You're being mean. <laughs> Stop it. You're so mean. Um I'm I'm sorry, that's my mistake. I I shouldn't make assumptions. Um what of the two of you? What uh, and I'm so sorry, I haven't haven't even asked your names. I'm Phil. And then I like turn back around and just avoid eye contact. I see. Okay. Wow. You're, I'm mad at her now. You're uncomfortable. Yes. And ma'am? I'm Jill. Nice to meet you, Jill. And Sir Paladin, your name is? I am Bill. And Bill is looking at Jill and watching her hands. <laughs> and of, I think, you, did you introduce yourself as Setsaurus? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that we have all officially met, as I said, my name is Joanne. I am one of the clerics here. I, I, I will go now and see about getting you all a room and such. If you'd like, you can just remain here. Have you all eaten? We have some provisions. We could provide you with a meal. Thank you. That would be lovely. Greatly appreciated. My pleasure. Just uh, please wait here. I, sh- I shall return very shortly. And she steps outside and closes the door behind her. Saul nosily goes and sits in her chair. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jill, we're in the perfect place to talk about this. Really? How could you? All How long have you been doing this? You don't understand. All those years. Your, your brother is a paladin of Paylor. For goodness, Paylor's sake. Yeah, my brother left for the army and left his mom and dad and sister at home. I was there too. Did yes. you know that Dad got hurt during I was that there. Phil time? said I, I was there too. Okay, wow, you're using. <laughs> you're, you're, you're. Did you realize that Dad got hurt during that time, and that he was out of a job, and so me and Phil had to provide, and we got low on money. So what was I supposed to do? I sent back money countless times. I didn't even eat for solid three weeks yeah. because I sent back all the gold that I'd earned, and I did that mainly for y'all. 
Because that's what I was... Do you not realize the things that hang around Branshire, the orcs, and the goblins? I went to the army to protect you from that. You went to the army because of your cow. That's not the reason I went to the army. Yes, our cow, Bessie, died, and I was very sad, and I did cry about it for a week. But really, I went because of y'all, because I was tired of all the orcs and the goblins. First, it's the cow, and then it's my little sister, and then it's my brother, and then it's our family. What more do the goblins have to take from us before we stand up and kill okay, them? Okay, okay. Calm down. Bill, you enjoy killing things. Jill... You're a thief. Me, I'm a drunk. We all have our flaws. Get over it. That's perhaps the wisest thing I've heard any of you say. (laughs) Wow. He kicks his feet up on the desk and lights a cigar. Who wants a smoke? I reach my hand out for one. Why? No. Saul lights it for him. Guys, we can't... I can't do this. And I open the door and walk out. You got to open the door. And as soon as you do, Joanne is standing there again. And she's got a big stack of like blankets in her hands. And she says, oh, uh, yes, I can. She can she see inside the door? She can. Can she see both of them lighting a cigar? (laughs) Yeah, she sees them and they're smoking. I am so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. They are um, idiots. Well, you know, sometimes we have uh, incense and things like that yes, here. Yes, but so. that's no incense. I'm so sorry. It's it's quite all right. It, it, at least it's not in the sanctuary. But here, if, if you would all like to come with me, we have a room cleared out for you, and they're going to bring some some small provisions. I'm sorry, we don't really have a hot meal, but we can give you some bread and cheeses and, and some you, cakes. It's so appreciated. Sure. Thank you so much. Sure, just uh, if you would all like to follow me. And I'm As sorry. As they're walking out, I'm putting those cigars out. I'm I'm sorry, but if you two wouldn't mind, we oh no, you're not. We don't really. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't care. I if, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't smoke in here. I take one less puff and blow the smoke in Bill's face. Wow, you're so passive aggressive and then just straight aggressive toward yeah, each other. I was about to say. <laughs> so what does Saul do? Show us to our rooms and keep smoking. Um, Jill's gonna um, look at Saul and's like, Saul, Saul, um, you can't what? do that. What? We we need the we need you to put it out, please, please, Saul. I can't even smoke around here. Um, not in here. Feel free to smoke, if, but if you would like, there is a balcony you could step out onto. But yes, we we typically don't allow that inside the. <laughs> <laughs> He's like cursing under his yes. breath as he puts it out. This friggin' plane. That's exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> okay. She leads you to a small room. Um, there's a small desk, kind of like the one that, that was in her room, but it's been pushed up against the wall. And there's plenty of room for the four of you to put down like a bedroll, and there's some chairs for you to sit in. A few moments later, they bring you some bread, some cheese, some uh, water, and milk, and uh, you guys have a small meal, and then she leaves you there to rest for the night. Do you all go to sleep? I do not. Yes. It's all tells the three of them to take turns on a watch and then makes a mess of blankets and lays down. (laughs) Okay, so uh, who's taking the first watch? I will take the first and the second watch, and I'll let Jill sleep, and then Phil will take the third. Okay, sound good, Phil? Yeah, I'm cool with it. All right, so it's kind of early. You know, you guys are going to bed kind of early. Like I said, it really wasn't much past dark by the time you guys got to the temple, and you've only been here for probably an hour, so you're getting in bed around 9 so Jill and Phil and Saul all lie down for some sleep, and uh, Bill, you have some time here to meditate and yes. you know keep watch. Do you like sit yourself with your back to the wall facing the door? Uh yes. I thought there was there was a chair. Was there not? There are. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Is it a is it a spinny chair? No, it's not. Okay, I was about to say that would be bad because I would just spin the whole entire time. <laughs> so you're all pretty well sleeping, and uh, Bill is keeping a watch. I take some time to, uh, I think... Reflect. Yeah, <laughs> on, on this day's events. Yeah, everything that's been, been happening, it's been pretty intense. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I guess I'm just talking out loud, and wow, uh, you really threw one on me today. Uh, kind of a little bit more than I can handle. found out my sister was a thief, and uh, my brother, I mean, I knew my brother was drunk. 
But, you know, I, I do have my own problems that I struggle with. But this world is crazy. It really is. And I feel so angry. Please forgive me for so much, all the anger that is within me. And uh, I hope to serve you better soon. And that's, yeah. So you are meditating, praying, speaking to Pelor. Saul, you're sleeping. Yeah, I am. And uh, you have normal dreams. Jill, you dream about just showers of gold pieces falling from the sky. Phil, you're, you know, killing things and drinking. I don't know. <laughs> whatever you dream about. A bottle of Jack in one hand and an axe yeah. in the other. You dream that everyone in your family is a dwarf and you're a halfling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. You just see me start twitching on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saw you dream about um, you dreamed some things about the nine hells that you do not remember later when you wake up. You dream about battles you were in. You dream about dinners with lords and uh, darker things like torture chambers. You dream about your father, but none of those things do you remember when you wake up. But you do dream one thing that you remember. You awake in a great white chamber with uh, pillars that disappear into the ceiling above you. And you're standing there. Mm -hmm. Typically around this time, you are visited by a certain someone. Yeah. Saul's going to be like, he's going to speak out. Are we going to do this every time I go to sleep? You don't see anyone, but you do hear a voice. A voice that just fills the chamber. Saul, I don't have long to speak with you tonight. I simply wanted to offer you a warning. Things are worse than we expected. Something is coming. Saul, wake up. Something is coming. Wake up. Saul, wake up. Something is coming. Saul wakes up. Saul, wake up. Something is coming. What? What? Wake up. What is happening? And Saul gets up, draws a sword. There's a window on the outside wall of the room where you're staying, and something is like pecking against it and you can hear the sound of pretty large wings beating outside the window yeah i know <laughs> great get up everyone up i'm grabbing jill and picking her up and i'm just <laughs> what? like what? wake up wake up there's some type of bat thing out there open the doors everyone out the doors shut the doors behind us the uh, window crashes Something just shatters through this window, and you see this large stone just roll into the room. It, it doesn't look like anything particularly special. Uh, it's just a, a rock, you know, a pretty large rock, and there is something tied around it. Uh, okay, Saul goes and gets it. You all hear the familiar screech that you heard just the other night when you all rode into town, denoting that whatever was just outside your window is a part of those creatures that accosted you on the road. And you go up, Saul, you pick up the rock, and tied onto it is like a piece of cloth. You take it off, you look at it, and you can see it, it looks like I don't know, some sort of piece of like a white cloth or some sort of light colored cloth, and written onto it in a red script that eerily looks like it might be a blood, maybe. You're not sure. Okay. It's kind of hard to read. It's like someone trying to write something who doesn't really know what they're doing. That's great. And What it, does it say? It just simply says, come now north. Oh, boy. <sighs> Is the thing floating with wings still there? It's gone. It, when that crashed through the window, uh, you guys heard it. Like, you heard it screech and fly off, basically. I show the note to everyone. Uh, dang it. I was just getting cozy. Doesn't going north now mean death? <sighs> I don't know if this is a plea for help or if it's a taunt. Mm, what kind of blood? You're not sure that it's blood. It just... It, oh. It looks like it could be blood. Does it smell like blood? Because blood has a distinct smell. Not really. What about taste? Don't lick it, please. <laughs> That's so gross. Do it for the Saul RP. Stops. Don't, 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 don't lick it. Um, <laughs> <sighs> to the horses. Well, here we go. This could be a, a bad thing. Or it could be that someone needs help. 
And this could be really fun. Who knows? So you all, you're going to gather up and head out? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's been a couple hours now. I mean, it's actually been a few hours. It's deep into the night. I mean, it's probably the end of, of Bill's first watch, maybe even a little bit into the second watch. It's, I don't know, two, maybe three in the morning, maybe even later. And you all make your way through the temples. You see a couple of people here and there, but no one stops you. No one says anything to you. And it's mostly just quiet and no one's moving around or milling about inside the temples as you make your way down through the stairs. You easily find the stables behind the building. There's no one guarding them at this time of the night. You easily find your horses. You all just go to them and you mount up. Yep. So how are you heading? Are you going outside of the city or are you going inside the city? I guess if he said north, we probably... Well, I shouldn't be giving directions because I got lost in a cheese shop. (laughs) I'm just following. We're going to go through the city until we make to the north gate, and then we're going to head north. Okay. So you guys uh, get on your horses. You make your way through the city. You're kind of in the northeastern part of Nordentown anyhow. And the northern gate to the city is nothing like the main gate that you all entered through. On the western side of the city are like the ports that come in on the river from the sea. And it's like the heavy trade part of the city. Where you guys are going out is kind of more like the rougher side of town. It's it's not too far from where you all found the watering hole. But you make your way along the main roads heading north. You know, you basically just kind of keep the walls in sight until you come to a gate. And uh, the gate is shut and locked. It's closed up. And there are a couple of guards standing nearby watching the gates. As you all approach, uh, one of them calls out to you. Hail riders, the gates are closed for the night. I'm sorry, but uh, probably going to have to just wait till sunrise if you're looking to get outside. I don't know if you've heard, we've had a little bit of disturbance lately. Some people came riding into town just the other day, and they were attacked by some sort of weird creatures in the night. So uh, we're going to have to um, have to ask you to wait. So uh, sounds real familiar, and he uh, shows the note to the guy. This was thrown through our window. All right. That's pretty weird. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, that sounds awful strange. Um, like, think maybe some kids just threw it in your windows? Uh, I don't think kids look like that. It was a fourth-story window. Ah, interesting. I don't know anything uh, that could do that. Do you, um, you guys, uh, why are you showing? Look, I, you probably ought to wait till uh, morning time to head out through the... So, flush the coin. Shows the Watergrave coin. Ah, Waldgrave business, eh? Yep. That would be correct. Well, I guess I better let you out then. Just don't, uh, yeah, just uh, be careful, you know? Hey, like I said, there's some dangerous stuff out there, and uh, you all need to you know, just watch your backs, be careful, um, keep an eye out for any sort of weird monster creatures things, uh, trying to eat you or anything like that, you know? And sometimes there's like owlbears and wolves and things like that too, but I guess we can let you through this one time. Just, um, just be careful out there, all right? Thank you. Open the gate. <laughs> he goes over. They take the big, like the, it's like a board, big thick board that holds the gate shut on the bracers, and they open the gates up and let you pass through. You pass through the gate and out into the open fields. It's, uh, you know, not a cold night. It's a comfortable, cool evening now. Uh, it seems like maybe the warmth is starting to settle back in as you all ride north along the road. North of Nordentown is mostly forestry once you get about a mile away. You guys rode through some forest coming from the east, but north the woods just become more and more dense. And you guys haven't made it very far, but you're just kind of on the road when you finally do come to the line of woods and it starts to pinch in on you from either side. What are you doing? Uh, Being perceptive. Okay, uh, let's have perception checks all around. Paying attention and riding quickly. Ooh, Saul's is bad. I got a 10. Jill. Jill's is worse. Jill, you rolled another natural one. Oh. You, are a, you are a lightfoot halfling, oh. which means you can re-roll a nat one, which we did not do last time again. <laughs> I got a dirty 20. It's okay. It's just a five plus your mod for perception. Saul got a four. Your perception's a negative two, Bill. What'd you get, Phil? 30-20. Oh, sweet. What'd you get, Bill? I got a 10, then. And you got a 6, Jill? I think that's a 9. Yeah, you got a 9. 
Sweet. Okay. And Saul? A four. So um, you guys are riding along. You're all watching, but it is dark. It's early. You're all very tired. Saul, you're kind of befuddled by what happened in your dream, you know? Probably a little disturbed by it. And then you woke up to that. And um, here is... You know, you're riding through, you're riding through. Jill, you're watching, but it's it's hard to see. Phil, you, as you guys are riding, you hear something, Phil, uh, something that you've heard now at least twice in the last couple of days. It is the somewhat loud beating of wings. Uh, I don't want to. Can I see anything flying? Nope, you are in a forest, so there's like trees above you. It's kind of hard to see, but you can okay. hear those wings beating. Guys, did you hear that? This was a terrible idea. <laughs> You're the one that told us to come north. That's true. Someone could be in danger. You just said it was a terrible idea. That doesn't... When have we ever cared about someone being in danger? That wasn't very paladin-like. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really... I'm tired. I just... I'm, I haven't slept. Saul immediately checks his horse and gets as close to a tree as possible and says, Come here. Circle up. You can all hear that sound of those wings beating, and after a few moments, you hear what sounds like something moving through the forest ahead. Something kind of big. Mm. Anybody ready for a boss fight? Saul dismounts. I say we sneak forward and see what's up. Yeah, I jump off my horse and grab my axe. You start making your way forward just a little bit, and about that time, something comes leaping out of the forest, not towards you, up ahead of you in the road, a good 30, 40 feet away, uh, where you can all see pretty clearly, but it is one of those large lizard mounts that those things were riding the other day. Those drakes. Great. And on its back is the one that you remember seeing, Saul. The one that you guys hurt pretty badly. The very tall one with the green skin. Okay. You can see it up ahead with the very long curved katana-like blade on its hip. This steed comes busting out of the forest and then stops dead in the road. And this figure, he goes to step down off of it, but he slumps a little and falls down to one knee like he's obviously wounded. Okay. Saul's going to stealth and move closer towards him. Okay. He can clearly see you. Oh, okay. Like, you guys are on the road together, yeah. He's not close to you. He's 40, maybe even 50 feet away from you. And you see him slump off this creature onto the ground on one knee, and he he's, like, retching. And you see some sort of a green something coming out of his mouth onto the ground. He's, like, coughing up. It looks like it could be blood. You're not sure really what it is. You're not familiar with the anatomy or all that of these sorts of things. Hmm. I want to like, uh, I want to call to the rest. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's obviously hurt. He might have been calling for us for help. Saul, rapier in one hand, poison dagger in the other, dismounts and starts walking up towards it. You're stepping precariously toward it. What are the rest of you doing? You have weapons drawn. Uh, I've got I've got my shield out and I'm just kind of yeah, walking towards it. But I'm watching. I want to watch our corners because this seems like a trap. Like a couple of those winged creatures that you recall come like crawling down the trees over oh over gosh. where it's at. Uh, <laughs> you know, with their wings wrapped around, sort of like uh, like a bat. And they just perch on limbs above the one that's on the ground watching him. They're not moving towards you. They're not doing anything. They're just sort of hunkered down watching the one that's on the ground ahead of you. I want to throw my axe on my back. Okay. Like put my weapon away. And I want to kind of run towards the one on the ground like I'm trying to help. Like I don't have a weapon drawn. I'm not trying to look like I'm going to attack or anything like that. Okay, you sort of start moving quickly forward toward him, and Saul's moving toward him as well. I'm assuming the other two just kind of approaching with him. I've got my bow drawn, and I'm just kind of behind Saul. Yeah, just watching, just kind of ready to let loose if you need. And, Phil, you come running forward, and as you do, uh, Saul's looking forward, the thing that's on the ground, he holds a hand up and says, Stop! Wait! (laughs) 
stay back, dwarf. Who are you and why did you attack us? He coughs again. (coughs) (coughs) Horses. We need... What, you want horses to eat? Yes. Sustenance. I... Sustenance. I am... My name is... Kolmas. I... I need help. Does no one else see the irony in this? Did you send the message? Anybody? Am I the only one? Yes, my message. I'm. I am wounded, dying. Throw down your weapon. He pulls his sword out and just tosses it to the side. Please. Go pick that up, Bill. I do not wish to die. I'll go to pick it up. You go pick up the sword. Saul walks up. Saul wants to spend, like, a hit point of his lay on hands just to make sure that he doesn't, like, bleed out in front of us. All right. You step up and you spend one of your hit points from your uh, lay on hands pool? Yep. You do, and you can you feel the, the energy, the power come from you into him, and it, it helps him, but he is still, he's in pretty bad shape. He's going to need more than just a little bit of help. So, so tell me. I just see this as ironic, is that you were trying to kill us for our horses, but now you're asking for our help. I'm so confused. <laughs> if you don't mind, I guess I'm the only one really rationally thinking about this, but you tried to kill us, but now you want us to keep you alive? Yes. This is true. Saul looks at Jill, looks at the thing, looks at Jill, says, What is this thing? And looks back at the thing and says, What are you? I am a child of dragons. What? Saul kills him. No. My master is gone. I am dying. Your master? Who's your master? She is no more. Oh my gosh. Listen, I am losing myself. She is gone. All is lost. But I can help you. Hmm. Help me what? The woman. The Waldegrave. She is not as she seems. Saul heals him. You give him all you got. I'm going to walk up and give him all I got, too. Okay, you guys heal him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gravely wounded. Uh, You don't know this, but when you all fought him last time, he was, like, within ten points of death. And... Your dagger left wounds in him, Saul, that would not heal just naturally. It's it's going to take the power of a god to heal him. So you help him. Bill steps up. You help him. And he, he takes a deep breath and he says, Oh, thank you. Things are changing. The woman, she found me and she restored me to health. But she observed me. She hurt me. The Waldegrave. Why? Why are you free? I escaped. My brethren, they come to me. I called to them. They found me. And I escaped, but she seeks. She will not rest until she has found me again. I was weak, but you have restored me again, and so I will help you as I can. He stands up, and he is tall, taller than any of you. Like He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, maybe even a little taller wow. than Saul. He, he's a few inches. Honestly, looking at him, you're reminded of Kjorg, except a little, little slimmer, you know. Cool. My master is gone, but you, devil, you serve the gods. And he points at your sword. Oddly enough, yes. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is so weird. Saul doesn't know it's weird. My queen is forever gone. Your queen? Who was your queen? The black dragon. I spit on the ground. <laughs> but something remains. Does Saul know dragon lore? You don't know dragon lore, but you heard a story once about a black dragon from a silver dragon. 
That's right. About how she fell in love with the elf that blew her up. <laughs> you heard about how uh, she was misguided and now she was gone. You serve the gods. Your friends, he says, signaling to the other three of you. Help you serve the gods. Yes, except for when they get lost. Please. I desire redemption. Wow. Is this a conversion? Redemption? I have nothing left. My master is gone. Veroth, the red, my companion, from the other night, he does not see... He does not see how things truly are. He does not understand what is coming. I know. He looks toward the sky, and he raises his hands upward, and he says, All will burn. Only the gods may stop it. And now my mistress is forever gone. Can you help me, devil? Perhaps. Depends on what you need. Redemption? I don't know you. I don't know that I can trust you. He looks back at the other ones and sees like how edgy they are about the fact that this thing's like a half dragon, half human thing in front of him. You got your rapier in your hand still? Yep. That uh, symbol starts to glow on it. And you notice it. Hmm. Yes, this is the power of the gods. You seek redemption. He looks at the rapier, looks at the guy. I guess it's off to Fallen Grove. As he says that, you all hear something strange. You know how um, static electricity, when you, when you uh, touch someone and it kind of like zaps you or whatever, and you feel that, that tingle on your body, mm-hmm. you all start to feel that like in the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. And you can smell it. And it's, been, it's a clear night. Like there's not a cloud in the sky. But you guys hear thunder. What is happening? What is this? this, The gods, the power. Are you... Have you summoned the gods? No. This is something else. I suggest you get on that drake. Jill, you you can see above you... um, Y'all know what heat lightning is, right? Where it's kind of like striking in the sky. It looks like lightning horizontally just running across the sky above you. There's no clouds. It's just streaks of lightning. And it is... It's it's you know it's bright, but it's weird. It's like it has a black tint to it, like spirals of black in this white lightning. You guys see that? And it's sort of dancing all over the sky, Bill. You look up and you can clearly see it, and it's starting to like. I don't like this. Happen more and more, kind of like a Tesla. You know what I mean? And that thunder strikes again closer. We need to go. And you all can see. As you hear the thunder, you look back, and you can actually see this lightning coming from the south. It's almost like it's weaving a path from the far south across the sky. And you see, as it's building and building from the south, these bolts of lightning striking the ground as it comes towards you. Ride. Everyone on horses. I'm getting on my horse. You all get on horses, and the lightning bolts are coming closer and striking again. And Colmas, the... The guy on the, the dragon, the, the lizard bat on the ground, he gets up. W- what is this? What what magic? Is this the gods? What are, what do we do? Not our magic, Colmos. Get on your drake and ride. He hops on his drake and you all hop on your horses. Which way do you ride? Head north. Uh, north. Okay. <laughs> north slash. Is it west, northwest towards Fallen Grove? Fallen Grove is southwest on the other side of the city, and you guys are north we of are the city. We are definitely not heading towards it's that coming. Thing. You'd be going straight toward this to go that way. You all hop on your horses, yep. and yeah, quickly, you you spur your horses forward. The flying creatures take wing and take off flying into the sky, and you see as this lightning just comes striking down all around, and you see one of them just lit up with a bolt of this, and they fall down toward the forest, and you're all riding hard as you can, this drake in front of you. You're just barreling through this forest, and you hear this thunder, but this one is different. It's like it comes rolling from the south, like building towards you, building towards you, and you all see clouds appear 
in the sky above you on the road. Up ahead, you're running. You're trying to get away from it, but it is there's really nowhere that you can go as this lightning builds to a crescendo right above you, and you hear thunder strike, and it's like the sky opens up. And when I say that, what I mean is like a hole in the sky opens up. Oh, no. A black, lightless hole. And this white and black lightning comes spiraling out of it, not fast, but like creeping down towards you. And you are running and yelling and running, and you're all riding around Saul and the Drake and everything, and you're all just pushing as hard as you can to get away from it. And the lightning strikes you, Saul. What? Right in the back. (sighs) And you all see Saul just disappear in a cloud of smoke. Saul! There is a dark room dimly lit by candlelight around the uh, circumference of the room, if you could say. It has stone-carved floors, and as we enter this room, you can immediately hear the sound of rhythmic chanting. There's a strange figure standing with two hands raised before these two intricately drawn arcane circles on this stone floor. In the center of each of these arcane circles are iron shackles lying open. The figure is standing there, his cloak flapping in the wind, because in spite of the fact that we are inside this sort of carved out basement, there seems to be wind blowing around this room and on the ceiling, you can see what looks like a cloud brewing, a dark black cloud with white and black lightning. This figure is chanting a sort of incantation over and over saying the same words, flowing as if this has been practiced many times before. You can see this clearly older elven figure standing there as he continues his incantation, bringing forth this cloud and these winds and this lightning through this ritual. Alan, why don't you describe your character for us? He is an elf of elder years. He is graying of hair, thin hair, not really the tall, lithe, you know, elegant elf you'd expect. He's he's still elvish in his features, you know, the pointy ears and all that, but he's shorter, kind of stocky, a uh, little, little overweight, wearing simple clothing, a robe. He's holding some you know, various little totems and stuff that he's pulling out of pockets of his robe and shaking around a little bit, maybe sprinkling some in a circle and chanting as he goes around the circle. This older elven figure is hunched over, completing this ritual, and the winds are beginning to blow more strongly, and this cloud begins to almost become a sort of cyclone coming down toward the circle on the left side. You can see another figure off to his left, a human standing there with dark brownish hair, about shoulder length wavy, looks like it hasn't been washed in quite some time. His facial hair covering his face, it seems to be unkempt and just as if it's a person who just doesn't really care that much for their appearance. Uh, He's dressed in simple clothes. And Jeffrey, describe your new character for us. He's got a black cloak with, say, not a full cape, but like a one-shoulder cape. Mm -hmm. Because it's cool. It is. And if you look closely, he's got a scar over one of his eyes his right eye, mm-hmm. and you might notice he has some black chain mail underneath that. And, yeah, he's just wearing as dark clothes as you can get, basically. Is he holding any weaponry? He's got a, cu- he's got a couple things on his back, kind of, you know, his lower back. There's mm-hmm. like a, a little short sword. Right. Probably about four arm length. Okay. And some other weird-looking black thing. So this other figure is standing nearby while the elf continues to complete this ritual. And the wind blows stronger, the lightning starts moving and flashing, and it sounds like a thunderstorm in this basement, this carved-out room that you're in. And then after a few moments, you hear a thunderous crack, and the cloud above opens up and drops a cyclone straight down onto the floor. And as it strikes the floor, you hear the telltale thud of 
a body hitting the floor. And immediately the cloud begins to lift back up toward the ceiling, and there, face down on the stone, is a tiefling with reddish-orange skin. He is dazed, confused. The Saul, beautiful. The, the he room, is beautiful. <laughs> He's lame. Saul, the room is spinning. You are completely disoriented. Your voice is taken from you. You're having trouble breathing. <gasps> you feel like you were just birthed. I mean, it's it's this intense feeling. You are overcome with uh, fatigue, and all your nerves are on fire all at the same time. Saul almost throws up, and then catches it in his mouth and mm. swallows it instead. Delicious. As this is happening, the hunched-over elven figure, he continues to chant and uh, give his incantation, and the cloud begins to swirl again, and it forms over onto the right circle. As that happens, I will rush forward towards the tiefling. There are some shackles laying there, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bind this tiefling. Saul uses Hellish Rebuke. Saul, you are... You might as well be unconscious right now. Your mind, your body, everything is out of sync. You don't even really register what's happening as this strange, dark-clad figure comes up and immediately puts these heavy iron shackles onto your arms and your legs and one around your neck. I'd also like to um, remove any weapons or anything that could be used for magic purposes from him. Okay. Mom... Is that you? <laughs> Go ahead Mom. and uh, just roll me like an investigation check, I guess. Or perception. Either one's fine. It's a 19. Okay. Uh, you easily find every single weapon that he has on him. Uh-huh. He's got a, a bag, like a pack, that has all of his ancillary items that he carries with him on journeys and things. But you find a rapier on his hip. You draw it, and uh, as you do, you notice something very specific about this rapier. It has a symbol carved on the hilt. You recognize it as the six-pointed star of Palor. You continue searching. Inside his jacket, you find a beautifully carved dagger with a green corded hilt. You pull that out. You find some other daggers tucked away, uh, different things, and you easily can get those off of his body. And as this is occurring, the elf, Alan, you continue to perform this ritual. You continue to summon this power forward. You're just chanting. It's very rhythmic. And your chanting comes to a sort of crescendo. And once again, this cyclone uh, starts descending down toward the floor again on the right side near this other arcane symbol. As that is happening, Saul, you're just sort of starting to come to yourself a little bit that your your vision is coming to you you can sort of differentiate the sounds and the things that you're seeing and that same crack of thunderous lightning goes off in this room cyclone rises again you hear the thud of a second body hit the floor and about 20 feet away from you Saul to your left is Misk your sister am I awake enough to notice this you can see it, yeah. You're still reeling, you know what I mean? But you can see that it's her, and it's it's registering. <coughs> You're all in trouble now. Misk, you just got zapped by black and white lightning. And as you did, you're suddenly face down on the floor, and every inch of your body is in pain. You feel like you just came through a storm. Every nerve in your body is electric. Uh, Your hearing is muffled. You can't see anything. You're having trouble breathing. You're just in a very, very poor state. Oh, my voice is totally great for this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now that this other tiefling is on the ground, the cyclone rises again, and the elf standing before you, he finishes his incantation, and the winds slowly disperse. And I move to the next tiefling. Okay, you come to this other tiefling. Misk, why don't you tell us what you look like? Yeah, tan skin, golden eyes, mm-hmm. horns straight back, with black hair. You've got your loot, you've got all your regular equipment with you, uh, but right now you are on your face trying to sort of push yourself up onto your hands and knees, and you just keep falling. And as you do, this cloaked figure comes forward, and you immediately put the shackles on her as well. Yes. Wait, what are you doing? You, uh, Miss, you try to speak, and it's like you, you can't form the words. You know what I mean? It's just, you're choking on your words. You're coughing. Jeffrey, do you go ahead and search her and remove all of her items and weapons as well? Yes. 
We'll go off the same check that you used for Saul, and you're, you managed to find all of her weapons. Anything that's on her outside of just the clothes she's wearing, you take from her and you take it over to the other side of the room. There's like a desk sort of table against the wall, and you set all of the things you got from Saul onto that table, and now you've put all of Misk's things onto it as well. Saul, you are able to sit up on your hands and knees and look around the room now, and you're seeing all this and taking it in. There are candles around the room. There's an elderly-looking elf standing in front of you with thin gray hair and a bald spot on top and a ragged-looking, sallow-skinned, thin human who just took all of your stuff and shackled you to the floor. When I get free, I'm going to cut off your ears and eat them. Phil! Bill! Jilly! Where is everyone? I slap him. You slap him? <laughs> no. Okay. I just I just kind of look at him and don't really acknowledge mm-hmm. anything he's saying. I just kind of look at him, then look at the, the, the fellow with me, the Jeffrey. I'm like, they're here. You know what's next. We kill them. Who are you? We don't have time for your insolence. I pull out a sacrificial dagger. Uh, Saul stands up. <laughs> you can't stand up. Saul attempts to stand up. You go to stand up and, and you fall down again on your face and you're you're starting over. You're pushing yourself back up again. I start peeling an apple with it. <laughs> I am a prince of the nine hells. I suggest you let me go now. I hand them the peeled apple. No one cares where you're from. You need to learn some respect. Are you surveillance? <laughs> <laughs> Those who don't learn respect usually end up dead. Those who try to bind me usually end up as my food. I pull out a lute and start singing R-E-S-P-E-C-T. There is a lute over there on the table, but I'm assuming you don't really do that. I don't. Okay. Why is there a lute there? Am I a musician? <clears throat> it's mine. Misk had it. Misk, wake up. Wake up, Misk. <laughs> Misk, you're hearing all these sounds. It sounds like you can hear Saul talking. You can hear all of them talking, but like you're deep underwater. You know what I mean? It's taking a few moments for your body and your senses to acclimate to everything that has happened. But around the time that Saul has called out for you now, you are sort of coming to yourself. You're taking in the vision of the room. You see these two strangers. You see Saul shackled to the floor across from you over there. Saul, where are we? Great question. Looks like we were summoned. They must know our names. What? Are we, who are you people? Misk, you look up at them and you say this and you're, you're about to question them. And as you do, you, you notice something. You start to hear this, this sound. Like a high-pitched ringing in your ears. And uh, you can sense it coming on. And oh, it's, no. it's slowed, you know, like it has been lately. But it, it's, it's coming on and you can feel it building in your head. Why'd you... Y'all shouldn't have brought me here. Oh, Saul, this is not good. I need to go back. I need. I don't. I know. I don't need to be here. If I'm here, I'm gonna die. Uh, you need to be here. How are we gonna get out of this mess? It's uh, building. Saul, I need to go back. Oh, What's happening? The blood contract. His eyes light up with recognition. Mm-hmm. And he looks up at the elf. She will die if she doesn't follow the contract. This is a death sentence. What contract? We haven't drawn anything up yet. Not with you, you peasants! Ugh. It spikes in your head, Misk, and all you can do is scream. Ugh. I look over to Jeffrey and I say, We can't have her die. We need... I start looking like I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. So then... Saul's fighting as hard as he can to try to get out of the chains. Mm-hmm. I cast Lesser Restoration on her. Okay. I don't know if this will help, but I'll see what I can do. What effect does that have? So, lesser restoration, you touch a creature and can end either one disease or one condition afflicting it. The condition can be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, poisoned, or blood contract. (laughs) I don't think that... uh, (laughs) Perfect. I don't think that's an official D&D description. Um, You... You try this out. You step up, and that's what? It's a second-level spell? It's a second-level spell. So you step up, and what does it look like when you cast that? I walk up, mm-hmm. and I put the palm of my head on her forehead, and it's like there's like a like a black energy that radiates from it. You do this, and um, Misk, the, 
the screaming in your ears, the screaming in your head. It doesn't go away, but it softens just a bit, but the force of the pain that you just felt and everything that's happened is too much for you to handle, and you slump to the floor, unconscious. I look at Saul and say, what was that? Is she going to be okay? It's a blood contract. It's probably still killing her. She needs to go back to the shiv. We don't know anything about any shivs The here. freaking hot feet. Let me out. Sorry, not going to happen. The hot feet, and I pull out a sack, and it's full of feet. <laughs> Saul cast catapult at the loot and tries to launch it at the dude. Saul has no implement. Saul can cast no spells. Oh, sad. Saul is surrounded by an arcane symbol on the floor that the moment Saul begins to think about casting a magic spell, burns bright. And uh, the two of you notice immediately that he's trying to do something magical. Hey. No. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle this. (laughs) Don't try it. You need to let me go or she will die. She'll be fine. She seems to be all right. Just because she's passed out doesn't mean the pain is not growing. It's like it's like selling your soul to someone. Your soul will literally kill the body trying to get back. I'll give her some ibuprofen. Yes, ibuprofen. Well, I can't move. What do you want? What do I have to do to get free to help her? Um, You're not getting free. And you're not helping her. We'll help her with ibuprofen. She will die. Can you convince the Shiv, the Hot Feet, to release their contract? We'll kill the Shiv. We don't care. That won't work. We'll light their feet on fire. I would help you do that. (laughs) We don't want your help. You don't understand. By holding her here, you are slowly murdering her. She'll be fine. It'll be the most painful death imaginable. I highly doubt that. I've seen some pretty painful deaths. As have I. Um, Saul coup de gras himself. <laughs> he just reaches up and kills himself. <laughs> he just raises up and snaps his own neck. Saul, uh, roll me a perception check, Saul. That's not good. It's only a five on the dice. Plus zero. Yeah, it's plus zero. Yep. You look around the room and you, from what you can see, you can't tell one bit where you are, where you could be. You don't know how far away they've brought you. You don't know what what plane you're on. You don't know anything about the situation. Where in the nine hells am I? Well, that's a good point. Where in the nine hells are you from? And as he says that, you, looking around the room, you only see just one thing, really, that stands out. You see the table, the desk, and you see your items shown up on it and you're looking over there thinking if I could just get my hands on that rapier then I could maybe I could summon some help you know reach out to Paylor do something but you do see in the light of the candles something behind the table on the wall you see chainmail hanging there you know normal human sized chainmail and there's some raggedy looking cloth hanging onto it bearing on it what looks like the remains of a blue phoenix emblem. Oh my god. And then beside it, leaning against the wall, you see a pike with a hook coming off of the end of it. What? <laughs> kind of like a scythe. Are you freaking serious? Like it's been modified to have that on there. I knew it. Are you really Servance? This is Servance. When you said he had chainmail on and the way he was talking, I was like, oh, snap. This is Sir Vance off the wall. Sir Stinking Vance. So thank you for listening. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) This has been episode six. What the heck? Surprise! What in the world? What is happening right what now? What is happening? I thought we were like investigating lizard bats in Nordentown. I'm supposed to be going to Fallen Grove. Not today. And by the way, I'm Jim. I just got aged up. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> he just got old and less human. You've seen more uh, I mean, he was a half elf. <laughs> and I'm Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen Metal Gear Solid 4. Metal oh Gear. my gosh. So I made the joke. I was like, 
All right, surveillance. I know, Great. I know. I know, and I look That was supposed to be. That's what that was that supposed damn. to be. It was supposed to be like a tease, like a joke, or a, a hint that maybe he was surveillance. He was like, "I'm gonna say something about respect." You are the worst. Because <laughs> I knew you would be talking about all that peasant stuff. So yeah, that just happened. So for Phil, Bill, and Jill, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on MBH. I really love these characters, and uh, this is not the last we've seen of them. But for now, this adventure is taking a hard left. Yeah, it was fun. So uh, if you have enjoyed what you've heard with these three, then you know, send us an email or leave us a five-star review. Shoot us a tweet on Twitter and MBH Podcast, and we will let them know your great appreciation. And if you want to see more from them, let us know. But for now, unfortunately, we are going to have to say goodbye to the three halflings. We're going to have to say goodbye to Peanut Butter and Jelly. PB and J. Oh. Sad. Until we do the PB and J Chronicles, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're uh, we're we're trying some new things with season three. Hope you guys are excited about what's coming your way. Thanks to Zach, Abby, and Red for joining us for playing again, and we will see you all again in the future. Bye, Bye forever. Thanks to all of our <laughs> thanks to all of our listeners. We love you, and we'll see you next time. We love Bye. you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.